Hey guys, this is the very first episode of Let's Get It Out. My name's Daniela, and I've been wanting, I've been having this urge to create a podcast for a while now. Like, probably two months ago, I woke up one day and, like, I'm gonna create a podcast. And I'm making it now, which is very, very exciting. I hope we're okay. We're gonna have a great time with this. And I just wanna start off by thanking the people that thank yeah I want to just thank my friends for helping me create this podcast whether that be through advice whether that be f- through suggestions just whatever they in whatever they helped me in I would just want to thank them and they were I'm so grateful for that and so I guess that's how I really want to start this first episode and talk about friendships so throughout the years I've been in multiple friend groups with different vibes since elementary school to now me being a junior I've probably been through five six different friend groups they all consisted of different morals different points of views different they all had different types of behaviors, mannerisms. And I find it, like, very interesting how one person can go from a specific, go, like living a specific way to becoming a whole new different person in less than, like, a span of the year. Which is, I kind of, like, go through that a lot and I think with that I guess being within those different types not phases more like um time eras of like those time stamps of being with that type of friend group we've well I've at least always been able to at least call one person from that group a best friend. But I find it funny how all those groups, all those people I've been able to call best friends, I don't even talk to them anymore. That's crazy to me. And yet I still probably, like, I don't even talk to them. I don't, I see them. Like, sometimes I'll be, like, walking around school and be, I see them, like, wow, I, I used to know you. And that's, like, very sad but like extraordinary to think about and so I've always distanced myself from I've actually distanced myself from almost every single one of them and so I've wondered like a couple for a while now what qualifies to be under that best friend label because I feel like I just always called a person my best friend when I had a a, a little bit more stronger bond than the rest of the individuals in that group but I wasn't I guess I didn't have that knowledge of what is a true best friend to me so I'm like I did some uh, research based on studies based on in my personal experience and I've come up with three different 
aspects or traits that can qualify someone to be a best friend. And so the first one I really want to talk about is interaction and consistency. And I'm blending the two together because I feel like they'll fit really well together. So first, like, I guess they're kind of questions that you should be asking. How frequent are you guys hanging out? Do you guys only see each other at school? I guys, do you guys not see each other at all? Or are you guys like, like held tied together and always arms linked, hanging out 24 hours a day, seven days a week? So I feel like I'm not making any of you guys, hey, spend as much time, like don't handcuff yourself with somebody but just spend as much time as you probably can. Not only does it just create a tighter bond with you guys, it makes that person like, oh, I want to hang out with them. Or it makes you, it makes them your like go-to buddy. And that's always such a great feeling to have to have that go-to person that, oh, I want to do this with, or I want to do this with you. But make sure you're they're not a transactional friendship. And what transactional friendship is, okay, let's say it's the first day of school and you walk into English, right? You don't see any of your best buddies in there and you're just like, dang it, what do I do now? However, you add the corner of your eye, you see that one person that you know, but you're not really well... You don't them you don't know them really well, but you know them to a point that it's not weird for you just to go up to them and talk to them. So you go sit next to them and that's your you establish them as your buddy for that class. And what makes that transactional friendship is asking the question, would you hang out with them outside of this class? And if the answer is no, that's not a best friend. That's the label of transactional friendship. Because you just don't want to be alone. And I don't blame none of you guys. Like, I, I'm the same way. I I do it all the time. Like, of course you don't want to be alone. You're kind of just preparing yourself for that future, like, situation of when the teacher is asking, guys, go find a partner and do this with them. I'm just getting myself prepared, you know? And there's nothing wrong with that. Are transactional friendships wrong? No. I feel like they're beneficial in some way because it creates a, like, this connection with that person and you have like, just good vibes and you could probably, like, see in the hall and smile and, like, have a good, like, rest of your day just because of that small interaction. And I feel like that... Under that transactional friendship label, it's probably not a good way of keeping consistency or interaction. Because if you're afraid of being alone, then you probably need to work on that. And we'll talk about being alone. Oh, I can't wait to, for that topic. But we'll talk about it in another episode. The second one is having, like, contact. Do you guys text, FaceTime, call, whatever your form of communication is. There's two main points I want to talk in this one. Do you guys 
yeah, are you guys texting? Are you guys FaceTime? Personally, I'm more... Everybody has their own, like, thing they like to do. Personally, I'm a FaceTime girl. I am not a call because I find it just awkward. Like, sometimes I'll try... I used to call this one, my old friend, uh, I had, like, a couple years ago. And she didn't... She had... What was it? I think she had, like, a Samsung, so she couldn't FaceTime. So, I went to go call her. It was the most awkward experience of my life. I I wanted to hang up so badly. I found... Oh, my God. If she hears this, I'm sorry. She... I probably... She probably doesn't know who it is about. But... I wanted to hang up, so I made an excuse. Oh, um, I was late to school. I gotta go. And I hanged up. I'm sorry, whoever I did that. I'm so sorry, but it was just so awkward that I, I don't like calling. FaceTime is my thing. And the reason why I like FaceTime is because I don't like texting. Texting's alright. It's okay, but... The only thing I don't like about texting is there's a lack of mood and tone. Cause you could be you could be like with your best pal, right? And say like this joke that could be hilarious in your head, and then on their side, it'd be like, Why did you say that to me? Why were you so rude? But you didn't mean it to be rude. It was like a joke. And it could be taken the wrong way. And then, like, this whole thing goes down. Oh, my God. That's one of my worst nightmares. But that's why I'm not a big texting. I'll do it. I have no problem with it. But FaceTiming, it's my thing. You have you have the person's face in front of you. You have their smile or whatever. You can see what emotions are going. And you can also hear that, like, tone. Which is just, I don't know. FaceTiming is just my thing. I know. And also, when it comes to those forms of communication is it formal are you guys talking like your co-workers well actually I can't say because I I'm in a my my um my co-worker group chat I I love it so much so actually that's a bad example are you guys so formal that it's like the president and you meeting up or like, is it, is, is it like a teacher email? Is it that, is, is that like vibe so boring? Because if there's no fun aspect to it, then it feels just like you're, it's, it's forced. I feel like that type of communication isn't fun. The second, well actually probably the third, is are they dependable? Will they be there? And also a good way to like think about this is if you're like in the middle of a crowded room and you know almost everybody in that room, whoever they are, who are you standing next to? You know everybody in that room, but you only choose one person to stand next to. That is a big significant like way to realize who is your best friend because you know everybody you're probably comfortable with everybody but you're comfortable you're more comfortable with one person in that room and so I think that dependability is really good and so when I'm talking about this people are like oh wait 
how do you create consistency if you need help with that? And I think the first step is to approach the person. It's it's so... I feel like it has to be under your responsibility to want to create that bond with somebody. So if you're not, like, if you're wishing, oh, they'll approach me, what if they don't? You're just waiting, wasting time. Why don't you do the first move? And I feel like you have to have a little bit of confidence for that, but it's it's life. If they reject you, okay, so you have how many years left to live? You, have, you can live almost 100 years, probably even more. Come on, just make the first step. Just sit next to them. It doesn't have to be awkward. Just pretend, yeah, just say hi. Just make the say just make the first move and say hi. The second would be ask for contact info. But don't make it I guess people are going to be like, "No. You're going to sound like a stalker." No. Be like, "Oh, I was wondering if you uh are you going to like the basketball game?" Are you going to this event or or if you guys like are working on a project or in class be like, "Hey, um I missed the notes from the other day. Could you probably like text me them?" That's like a good way to establish a form of communication. And you can guys get started from there. And then probably a third one which is a big one for me is be an inviter. I, in probably elementary school, I was always like, no, they're going to invite me. I'll just wait for them to invite me. Nope. That did not happen. No, that, no. mm -mm. So I quickly switched from being the, I quickly switched to be the person that invites. Because probably the other person's other, the other person's also like, oh, they're going to invite me. And if you both have that mentality this is going nowhere it's gonna go nowhere so just be invited be like don't wait to be invited because you're gonna just wait for a long time be like oh do you want to go uh watch a game do you guys do you want to go grab a cup of coffee whatever you guys want to do just be the first person to invite because then later they're gonna invite you and that's how it's going to work. And then I guess a good way to finally establish this interaction consistency is are they wanting, are the other person going to want to spend as much time as you do? Because this has to be two-sided. If you're the only person that wants to hang out with them and they don't really want to, not only can you not force them to not do something you don't want to do like don't force it onto them but don't waste your time waiting for another person because there's probably another person out there that wants to hang out with you and you probably also want to hang out with them and you're just kind of wasting your time with this other person that doesn't want to do anything with you and so I guess that interacting consistency will create that bigger like vibration with you guys too all right and then my second most important 
is trust. I can't emphasize how big trust is. Because, okay, there's so many aspects to having a good trusting process or trust whatever the word is with a person. Because it has to be two-sided. Please, it can't be one-sided. Both of you have, has to be able to trust one another to a certain extent. Don't play around with that trust. You, if you know you have the other person's trust, don't play around with it. And I guess a good way to think about this is the phrase. You guys know the phrase, try think, try put yourself in some other sh- uh, someone else's shoes. I feel like there's a lacking aspect into that phrase. Put yourself in someone else's shoes with that person's brain. Because you'll. it could be like, oh, if, let's say you're about to say something about a person and be like, oh, I don't know if they probably want me to say this. So you put yourself in their shoes and be like, oh, well, what it, I wouldn't mind if they say that, but... You also have to put them in, you you always have to put their, you have to eliminate your thoughts and put their thoughts into your brain. So, well, maybe this is how they think, so they probably don't want me to say this about them, so I'd rather not say anything at all. You kind of have to understand the person to get to that, because... Playing around with trust is just going to go downhill for both of you. Um, Trust leads to this really intense, not intense, but like, trust leads to honesty. And honesty, you you know, it's it's the best policy. (laughs) Honesty, dependability, and loyalty are probably one of the most important things, at least to me, when it comes to a friendship. Because I truly believe on the phrase, fool me once, shame on you. Fool me twice, shame on me. If it's going to... I understand everybody makes mistakes. I I make mistakes all the time. Sorry for my stuttering. But I know everybody is going to make at least one mistake. But if you either make... If you make that mistake twice, it was my fault at that point, and I don't want to be associated with you anymore. It's it's just, I don't feel comfortable around you anymore. And it's it all depends on the person, but at least that's for me. And if you learn from your mistake I can totally forgive you but it's hard to do that it's extremely hard for at least in my case if you do it a second time for me to forgive you you can apologize all you want but I'm gonna look out for myself and people some people are gonna say that's selfish but I mean the human species are selfish 
Why would I want to... I need to look out for myself. And that's very, very important to me. For my sanity. And then... I guess... Honesty of being in the wrong and being able to take that and use that. That is constructive criticism and taking it in as a healthy way. Because it's important, it's, it's, it's very important for you guys to be able to communicate when something goes wrong. If you guys just kind of run, if you know there's something wrong between you two, let's say, what's a good example? Uh, let's say, I feel like that'll be a relationship, but let's say your friend did something that bothered you so much, but you are afraid of going up to them and saying your feelings because it either goes two ways. They're going to blow up on you and be like, well, it's just me and you're kind of overreacting. Or it could be like, okay, I understand and we could look through this and get through this. And people are usually going with the first option. They're going to be afraid that they're going to get rejected and I feel like we need to stop doing that because running away from our problems aren't really a good solution at all. Because then it, it brings that... Because then you start running away from problems in other aspects of life, whether that be in your relationships, whether that be financial situation, uh, situations. Whether the story or the case might be, you'll just create that habit. And I feel like a good way to go about this is if something is bothering you that the other person is doing, you need to find a good time to have you both sit down. Over text, no. I can't explain how bad over text, talking about like problems over text can be. Especially over calls as well. Do this when you both are present in the physical moment. It has to be physical. Second. Um, when you're talking about it. Make sure you say your feelings. But don't put it as in a rude tone. Don't. Also don't sugarcoat it. Don't sh- make, Don't make the other person feel bad. Don't make the other person feel bad. But don't make them feel good about what they did. Because if you're going to sugarcoat it. They're probably going to take it. A lot more lightly than you want them to be. And you want the issue to be fixed. Of course. And then. Once the issue is discussed. I would focus on. Both parties taking it maturely. Are you able to take that constructive criticism. And put each other in check. Putting each party in check. Is the most. It's a crucial thing. In a best friend or in a friendship, whatever. Because you both get to grow at the same time. And it's so rewarding when you guys can fix over a problem and deal with it maturely. It's, it's a really good feeling. It's okay. So then my, I guess my next question would be how 
or what you guys would be wondering is how do you create trust? And I always start with vulnerability. And a way to start with vulnerability is probably just share something about yourself, whether that be like, let's say you're in class or whatever, you're trying to find a friend and you guys are talking and then you can bring up something that pro don't trauma dump. I have an issue with this. I have a really bad issue with trauma dumping. But I guess you can start with saying about or talking about a memory or story that is like special to you. And then you feel comfortable sharing that. And you also have to put in like the thought is the other person also comfortable with that. Whether that be, oh my god, I, I had a dog. Or let's say the discussion was about dogs and or cats, or whatever, pet, and be like, oh my god, I have a dog once, and let's say um, they passed away, and you, if you're maturely and comfortable enough not to cry in the middle of fourth period, whatever, go, you can go talk about how great that, that pet was, and then probably the other per that creates that situation for the other person to open up as well, because once you share something about yourself, they will receive that back. They will give that. They will receive. They will give that back. It was. It's something you both can start sharing, and that intimacy, or that vulnerability, vulnerability will grow, and that's how I guess trust is made, in my opinion. The fifth one. Sorry, not the fifth one. I'm getting fourth, fifth period mixed up. Sorry. Intimacy, I probably, yeah. So the third most crucial aspect in a friendship is intimacy. And I know in the back of your brains listening, you'll be like, why am I touching the other person? This is not really, no. Intim I feel like intimacy is always correlated or like mixed up with actual relationships. And intimacy can be with anybody. It's just, there's five levels, in my opinion, to intimacy. So the first one is safe communication. Are you able to have a civil discussion with that person? I do feel comfortable talking about certain things with that person. So... When it comes to that safe communication, is, is that's the first step. Just talking about anything. The second step is talking about other opinions. And this is all from... I'm taking all these steps from a uh, doctor of psychology, Barbara Wilson. I did some research on her. She, I loved everything she wrote about this. So the first thing was safe communication. The other one, the second one is others' opinions and beliefs that we can agree with. So once you pass the first step of just talking about anything, can you to talk about opinions about the world that you both agree on? Because then you're creating that second level of like, it's kind of like, like dipping your toe in the water. And if you're both comfortable with that, it's going to be a really easy path to the next step. So talking about whether that be, I don't know, 
would you I don't want to make this politics but uh opinions um belie- I don't know you let's say oh both of you go to church I'm not church person but I'm not a religious person but if you guys be like oh my god we're both of the we're both um catholic or something then I guess that probably is that first like dip in the water okay the third one is personal opinions and beliefs this is probably a huge this is not even a dip in the water this is like slow this is like walking down the ladder into the water this is not jumping in yet this is walking into the pool this is walking taking a little stair or the ladder whatever um are you able to talk about your own personal beliefs and be comfortable with it it has to be from both ends it can't be just from one person remember because trust has to be two-sided personal opinions beliefs the fourth one then this is a jump in the water this is cannonball whatever whatever way you like to jump in the pool um are you able to talk about your personal feelings and experiences and be comfortable with that and this is not necessarily trauma dumping but it's more of hey this is how i'm feeling about this situation and that's it it's just how you feel and that is i feel like i'm always skipping a lot of steps and just going straight into that and that's what i need to work on and then the fifth one which is going on the diving board and just going straight into the pool which is are you able to talk about your needs emotions and desires that's where you hit a very important level of trust because you both if you both can reach that level then you guys probably made it talking about your needs with another person because you then you feel comfortable talking about almost anything with them and that is usually i'm always hitting like level four my feelings and experiences some actually no i'm always dipping my i'm always in my needs emotion desires i need to think about this wow but anyways yeah i think talking about those I already said they're really important, but yeah. Um, also, acts of intimacy. And I don't want to be hearing on the other on the side, oh, I don't want to hold hands with that. That's not what intimacy is. Stuttering problem here. Intimacy is. Um, uplifting each other. Saying affirmations to each other. Be like, if they're, whatever, if you guys are doing like an activity or like playing soccer be like yeah cheer them on from the sidelines that's always because we all want to be complimented in some sort of way whether we like compliments or not we want that affirmations from either our parents or our friends and it, it makes us good it makes our day brighter venting oh my god i can't i i vent way too much i need i need to look into that my coworker, yeah i need She's probably sick of me venting every single week of my 
and I give her like weekend updates, like you know the S- SNL, like weekend updates. That's me, but with her, with my life. Every almost like Sunday, Saturday, and all she does is, like, girl, you need therapy. I I know, <laughs> I know, I know, I, I know, I do. But anyway, venting with a person is so. It's such a great way to release whatever you need to get out. Because then you you get to understand the other person a lot better from where they're coming from. And then, like, sharing personal experiences, traumas, opinions, ideas, is so... I feel like... It's so great. I love those, like, talking about deep stuff. I love those deep conversations you can have with people. They're so... Because you get to understand the workings of the other person's brain. And when I figure that out, it makes me feel a lot more connected to them. And so, I guess... What does intimacy look like for me is, I guess, spending time with somebody. Venting. Of course, we went over that. Um, Opening up the convo to something a little risky. And I feel like I've always been... When it comes to, like, risky conversations, I don't necessarily mean politics. I'm more of, hey... What do you believe, like, what do we do after we die? Those conversations are talking about some sort of broad, like, aspect or topic and then going so deep into it. Or, like, talking about childhood is so much fun. Literally, the I think yesterday, yeah, yesterday, no, yeah, Friday, we had like this deep conversation in English about like parental and like child um, relationships. And we were just getting so deep in it. Everybody's like talking about their own experiences. And like I'm feeling like everybody feel I, I personally feel all connected with at least everybody in some sort of way. And it's, it's so nice. And this is something I truly believe in. I believe as a society, we want to open up, but we are just so scared of rejection that we keep whatever we have inside. And so that's why practicing intimacy helps us connect with people in an easier way. Like, a way I practice intimacy is... When I meet someone, I'll usually bring up a topic or an experience that isn't too personal that creates that sense of vulnerability. And I notice that the other person usually gets in that same position of vulnerability and it creates a bond and sense an ounce of... It just sprinkles an ounce of trust between you two that it's easy to, it's easy to create. And it's so... I love having those three aspects all together and it makes you, it creates that, it, it can it can put you guys under that label. 
All right, and then now I want to talk about what doesn't. What are red flags when it comes to friendships? And some of these might be controversial. Some of these you guys won't agree with. And that's fine. Everybody has their own thing. But at least this is for me. When someone is overly insecure, there's a difference between... There's a a fine line between upliftment and constant validation. I for a long time had a problem of being somebody's fairy godmother I always had to be the one to be like no don't think about like that about yourself don't be like that don't don't think about that way don't think that way you know and it was getting to a point that was like so exhausting that I'm like okay, why am I doing this again? They're just, I can be uplifting them. Like, if your friend's having a bad day, just give them a little bit, like, a, give a, a couple affirmations, and then it will brighten up their day. But if you're constantly, like, trying to validate someone, it's so exhausting. It drains you. I'd rather put my energy in some somewhere else. I can't be... Don't be someone's fairy godmother. Because it's never going to work. Don't do not do that to yourself. I guess, and then another one would be, if you can't understand where the other person's coming from, you two are going to have a hard, hard time communicating if the other person can't understand you. Because it creates frustration you get frustrated on explaining or like validating your feelings and if they don't un- don't understand you it just it causes draining it's so it doesn't make you feel good what you want to be with a person that makes you feel good in the moment and after you guys hang out and so i guess a good way to see if this friendship is good for you is do I feel good or bad after an interaction do after you guys hang out after you guys come back from whatever you guys were doing if you feel like tired if you feel sad if you feel frustrated that's probably because they weren't you're wasting your energy and you, are they draining me? That's, I, I guess, the, the follow-up question. Are they draining me? Because you don't want to be with a person that's draining you. It's It sucks. And I guess the reality of it, you always have to look out for yourself. And it's hard. It might sound selfish. It might sound like cruel but at the end of the day you don't want to feel like shit that's it you don't want to feel bad about yourself um ooh this is one that probably is a little controversial but everybody are are on different different levels in life so 
I guess that other fault that falls up with others mature faster than others and that's okay everybody's on a different life path so if you guys all of a sudden like don't cling anymore if you don't like vibe with each other that's okay that's just a signal that's like you're probably either ahead of them not necessarily like because everybody matures at different levels so you probably just matured or something went on with your life that like that friendship isn't giving you full fulfillment so you probably need something else that doesn't mean the other person's a bad person it's just that you're not getting anything from that anymore you can still be like cool and chill with the other person but just like you don't have to hang out with them as much as you used to and I guess with that I feel like there's a myth that one bad thing done you need to cut out people there have been one instance that I needed to cut out a whole group because I I just realized no I can't do this anymore so I cut them out in one day how did I do it I don't even know how but sometimes you do need to cut people out because if it's, if it's for your sanity, then you, I would do it. And then, like, I remember I had to cut out this entire friend group because it, it was, like, two different... It was a huge friend group. And they both had these... I felt like they were both against me. And I thought for a while, like, no, you're just, you're just complaining. You're just acting like a victim. But then I'm like, and this happened during COVID. And it was one move. It was like one text that, not even one text. It was an action. I remember it was something that this one girl did. And I'm just, no, I can't do this anymore. It was out of, out of line, crossing so many boundaries. And I'm like, okay, I had to cut them out. So I, I, I just blocked everybody from that group chat. It was, it was so rewarding. I can't tell you that feeling of blocking every single person from that group chat. Oh my god. It felt like weights came off my back. It was so good. And that feeling of like this weight coming off your back. That's the first step to something greater. And I truly believe that. And I feel like when sometimes you don't need to cut people out. But if you know that's not benefiting you anymore, just just distance. You can still be cool with those people or person. But if you know they're not ben- benefiting you as or like you're you're not receiving that good energy back just distance because and then when you distance i feel like always i can't emphasize how important this is leave on good terms you don't you your future self will thank you for it and i speak from personal experience leaving on good terms leaves the future leaves like the chance for positive future interactions 
Because then it's not awkward. If you, like, leave on bad terms and you guys are, are, like, magically are, like, whatever, like, partnered up together. Whether for a project or you guys met through another friend. You're, you're, you, you won't have those tensions or energies in future interaction. It's better to have those good vibes or, like, tensions with a person. Just don't leave on bad terms. Because they'll, they'll come back to haunt you. And I know for sure that will happen. And I guess like for the final comment is. When it comes to strangers. Acquaintances. Friends. Old friends. Whoever they are. I try to work on this every single day. But treat them as an old friend. Not only does it make the other person feel good, make make when you like talk to another person, just be it's hard to do in this day and age, but like be you that you feel comfortable with. Don't put on another persona. Just be like as if you guys were old pals. It makes the other person feel good and it makes you feel good. Because at the end of the day, it's going to be a win-win for humans. If we can both just give a little kindness, respect to a random stranger, it, it just it makes, the grow, the, it, make, it makes the world go round. It just it, it does it. And I guess that's my thoughts. I, thank you guys for listening to my thoughts. I can't wait. This was so much fun. I, I love every single minute of this and I'll I can't wait for you guys to listen to more I'm gonna open up probably yeah I'm gonna open up on my Instagram uh ways yeah come on my Instagram what topics or like discussions do you guys want to hear about I I'm fully willing to talk about them and yeah I can't wait to hear your things your your thoughts ideas opinions And I'll be back next week for another episode. Thank you.